This is CNT Talk. Every week, two friends debate the issues of the ages as we agree to disagree. It's never politically correct, but it's always entertaining. Join us tonight so you can sound knowledgeable at work tomorrow. We're smacking you upside the head with the hammer of truth. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. I know it's been uh, forever since uh, we had a show out, and again, it's just me, so you don't even get the the joint package on this episode, but I wanted to talk about something that's been very, it's, it's been on my mind and it's, it's the elf in the room. It's weighing heavily on what I have been thinking the last couple of weeks. And, um, I just needed to share it and, and get it off my chest. And I'm, I'm sure most everybody out there is probably thinking the same thing I am. And you've heard this ad nauseum, but I want to give my take on it. The thing that's, bugging me right now and it was evident uh, a couple days ago on tv i was watching it was just in my face it's football coaches who wear visors at night or inside um now that you may say well that's not what i've been thinking about but that's what i've been thinking about because politics is right now too disgusting to think about so i want to talk about my pet peeves um why does why does anyone wear a visor? That is my question. Why are adult human beings wearing a visor? It does not protect the top of your head from the sun. It does not keep your head cooler because it's exposed to the sun. And if it's dark or you're inside, there's no sun exposure anyway. And you're telling me the lights in a stadium are so bright that you can't see without a visor. So I understand the brim. That keeps the light out of your face. Got it. That's called a hat. When you don't have the top of the hat, it's a visor, and it makes no sense to me. Okay? None. It, 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 I've seen it. Pro, college, it makes no sense. You say, well, it keeps their hair from getting mussed up. Really? Have you seen the line when they take the visor off? You still got mussed hair. It doesn't change that. You know? So I'm bothered by it. And it takes away from the enjoyment of the game. Now, there would have to be enjoyable games to watch for that to be the case. So since we've last spoken, um, Michigan played un-Michigan-like against TCU and lost. And then TCU apparently played to form and got crushed by Georgia. So uh, the two semifinal college football games were exciting. Uh, Not the outcome I wanted, but they were exciting. The the final game was dull. Dull, dull, dull. That doesn't take anything from Georgia, but it was dull. And um, when your team's not in the game, you want an exciting game. And that was not. And that's not Georgia's fault. TCU just didn't do everything they've done all year. So it, it was dull. Um, pro football, uh, the Steelers did not make the playoffs. The Steelers didn't deserve to make the playoffs. The Steelers hadn't done what they needed to do earlier in the season to even set themselves up for the playoffs. They're a bad team. They're coached by a bad group of coaches. They've got bad players, and they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Uh, the fact that there's now seven teams in each division, or, uh, yeah, uh, each league, it just it diminishes the quality of making the playoffs. Um, so even with seven, the Steelers couldn't get in. They needed a lot of help. They, they gacked it up at every opportunity they could. Uh, they're not a good team. Uh, I, I'm watching... I'm watching the 1980s version of the Steelers 
And I'm flashing back going, yeah, they were bad for quite a few years. So this is what we're going to get. Pickett, he's okay. We'll see. Uh, but I don't, I'm not expecting much. But the, the wild card games, there were a couple decent games. Um, but this last week's divisional round, pfft, dull. Sorry. Um, there were four games and um, four games I didn't care about. Um, and I'm going into the championship this weekend. I'm going, I, maybe San Francisco and Philadelphia will be a decent game. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't care about Kansas City. And I don't care about Cincinnati. I really don't care about the game. I want a good game because I want to watch it. But I really don't care which team wins there because I don't like either one of them. Cincinnati because they're in the same division as Pittsburgh and uh, Kansas City because they've had their chance. And uh, an injured Patrick Mahomes who can't maneuver in the pocket, still good enough to beat Jacksonville, but not he's not himself. So I, I don't know how great that game's going to be. That, that second half against Jacksonville was boring. Uh, Jacksonville couldn't make a couldn't make a stand there and try to win that. Uh, the Cowboys stink. <laughs> Sorry for, if you're a Cowboys fan. Um, the Eagles exposed you. That's your third time against the Eagles this season, and you just you haven't gotten better. Uh, San Francisco took care of business. They got a third-string rookie running things, and he's all world until he's not. Um, so if he wins this weekend, great. It'll be a rookie quarterback playing in the Super Bowl, and we'll see what happens. Um, but there's no nine, none of the matchups to me are exciting. I'm not really looking forward to the Super Bowl. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I'm not looking forward to the Super Bowl because I don't think it's going to be a great game. Um, none of the teams still in it wow me. I mean, they're, they have flashes, and there's, there's brilliant play at times, but it's not a... I want a slugfest. I want somebody going back and forth. I want the tension. I want the drama. Uh, I want, you know, if this was a scripted show, you'd fire the writers because it's boring. And um, I think the ratings are going to show that because they're just, it's not the drama we want. You know, when, when the Eagles are up 28 nothing on the Cowboys, you're like, mm, great. <laughs> Who cares, you know? Uh, so we'll see what happens there. I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but the visor thing take it under advisement do not wear a visor either wear the full hat or don't wear anything it just it doesn't make any sense to me um i don't know where tony falls on this i don't know that i've seen tony wearing a visor but he might be a visor guy at times i've seen him wearing baseball hats so i know he can do that but if you got a visor out there please let me know why the visor is your headgear of choice when you could wear a hat you know there's many different types of hats you could wear a full brim. You could wear a baseball hat. You could wear a trucker hat with the venting in the back. It just doesn't make any sense why you would wear a visor. It really, really doesn't make any sense. You know, and if you get a full head of hair like Doug Peterson, it just looks like you shoved this rubber band around your head, uh, a la 70s sweatbands. I don't get it. So leave that with what it is. Let me talk about politics because that's why you came here. I want to talk about the classified documents, whether it's Trump, Biden, Pence. Unless there's some motivation for what was classified. Now, understand, there are three different situations here. Trump, by right of being president, has the ability to unclassify documents. We've talked about that. 
the press doesn't seem to want to talk about that. They keep ignoring that he had the ability to declassify anything he felt like. How that declassification process works seems muddy at best. Uh, you hear different people say different things, but my understanding is if the president says this is declassified, it's declassified. If he thinks it's declassified, if he takes it with him by right of him holding it and keeping it, it's declassified at least as long as it's in his possession. Uh, Joe Biden had documents apparently from back to his Senate days, maybe earlier, that were classified documents. He does not have that ability until he became president, didn't have the ability to declassify any document ever. Mike Pence, same situation, did not have the ability to declassify any document ever. Um, but in light of all of that, short of telling me these are actual secrets, not, not classified secrets, but actual secrets, you know, so there's, there was rumor that uh, uh, Trump kept a note from Kim Jong-un uh, written on a napkin. Now, I don't know what was on that napkin. It might have been, say, have a great summer, see you soon. I, I don't know what it was. But unless it was an actual secret, not what the government calls secrets. And I, I'm sort of in the camp on that, even when the Democrats are saying it. We overclassify everything because it goes to the highest levels. So it's almost as though if you're the president, then it has to be top secret or why are we even bringing it to you? That doesn't make any sense to me. If it's not relevant, a menu from a takeout joint because the president went there once does not make it classified. That's ridiculous. Now, if there's a note scribbled in the margin with uh, nuclear launch codes, then that's a different discussion. But again, we talked about that. The nuclear launch codes were changed when Trump left. So it, it wasn't like the codes were still the same. So if I gave you my password to a website six passwords ago, and it's a randomly generated password, you're still not going to be able to get into my website because you have that. You know what's a website I went to. You might have my username, and you have a password that unless the, the site is malicious and allows you to put in the old password to get in, a la Google, um, then you, you really, you're not really being helped. So having codes that are no longer in active service and haven't been for some time is not really... Relevant. Should he have done it? No. Should he have had those in a safe, well-protected? Yes. Um, Biden's load of crap about my, my Corvettes parked in the garage with it. Really? I have lots of stuff in my garage. I wouldn't call it secure by any stretch of the imagination. It's locked, but it's not secure. And, and Pence, again, I, I think it's ridiculous. Pence, you should have known better. I expect Donald Trump to be a, a goof-up. Pence expected more from you, and you didn't make it work. I think a lot of these documents come out. Well, there's, there's a lot of paper being pushed. We, we talk about uh, digital offices. White House has email, but there's a lot of paper going through back and forth. I think that's part of the problem. There's so much paper going back and forth. And you got people packing stuff up. Now, I was told when Joe Biden was leaving the vice presidency, they were, they were scrambling to get everything out. Why, why were they scrambling? Did they not know the date? Were they not aware of the fact that he was leaving? I mean, they knew he was not, he'd not run election and won presidency, won the presidency. So they knew he was leaving in January of 2017. It wasn't like it was a shock, like, oh no, we have to get out quickly. You know, the aliens are attacking and we need to get all his stuff. No, I, I don't buy that. It, it, it got put in there because they were just scrambling to get everything out. No, sorry, not, not not flying with me. Uh, Pence, we haven't heard a reason why he had documents. I have no idea. Um, 
And frankly, it doesn't matter what the idea is. It, it's wrong. He shouldn't have them. Trump, as president, he can take what he wants because he's president. Biden could take what he wants after the presidency, and, and the same standard would apply from my perspective. I don't think anybody was maliciously trying to do anything. Now, I know there's a lot of talk with Biden, and really with Hunter Biden. That's where it gets a little mushy. Um, I think Hunter Biden's a dirtbag. I, I think the guy, he he's picking up bags of cash from foreign entities for his name. It's not because of his skill set. It's not because of his expertise. It's because his last name is Biden, and he's paying off the big guy. And I do believe the big guy is Joe Biden. Um, Joe can come across as a buffoon and an idiot because he is a buffoon and an idiot, but he was that before he had dementia or at least appears to have dementia. Um, but, but telling me there's no there, there, sorry, um, paying apparently $50,000 a month in rent on a, um, single story house in uh, Delaware. It seems high. <laughs> so just, it seems high. And then, you know, by not claiming that, I, there's more there. And and my thought process is I think Joe Biden's dirty. I think Hunter Biden's dirty. But I thought that before all this. This didn't change any of that. This wasn't a smoking gun for me to say, ah, see, I thought they were dirty before. I think most politicians are dirty. I think um when a politician somehow becomes a great uh stock wizard because they suddenly because as soon as they get into Congress, they suddenly become great at trading stocks. You know, you think that's there's a connection between what they know and what you know. You know, when the market loses money and they gain tremendously, a la Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it, it's a it's a shaft. And I know that uh, there's been a bill introduced that would tax. Well, talking about taxing those returns, uh, I saw somebody say a hundred percent tax above seven percent return. Meaning if you're in Congress and you make 60% growth on something and everybody else loses money, you probably knew something they didn't, and that's called insider trading. And they put people away in prison for that, but somehow because you're a politician, it's okay. Uh, we're just really good at this stuff because we're just so knowledgeable and so so intelligent. Uh, it, it brings a level of intelligence that I don't think actually matches up to what I see in reality. So you can tell me certain things and then you can show me certain things. Your actions speak louder than your words to me. Um, Kevin McCarthy getting elected to the speaker of the house. He's showing some backbone right now. And I think that's good. Um, He had to make a lot of concessions. So I don't think that was great, but third in line to the presidency. So people say it doesn't really matter. It kind of does matter a little bit. Um, you know, we, we've seen that be somewhere in the middle there that it's, there's a chance. Um, it's unlikely that the Speaker House will send to the presidency, but it's not impossible. Um, it, let's put it this way. It's more likely the Speaker House ascends to the presidency than you or I will ascend to the presidency, since neither of us are in government to ascend to the presidency. So in line of succession, we're way, way down the list. Um, that being said, uh, booting... Uh, Eric Swalwell and Adam Schiff from the Intelligence Committee. Yeah, good. The Democrats should have done that. They, they really should have. Obviously, Eric Swalwell makes bad decisions. Um, if he was having an affair with a Chinese spy and didn't know it, yeah. 
Uh, Diane Feinstein should not be on anything intelligence related uh, because she her driver was a Chinese spy. Uh, Adam Schiff, he's a lion sack. Sorry, uh, the guy lies, lies, lies for political gain. You know the whole Russian thing, Russian disinformation, whatever that means. Uh, simply making statements without any factual backup is lying. You know you can say. He had he had access to information that the rest of us did not, and he apparently lied about it over and over again. So I'm I'm with McCarthy on that. You that got booted because they didn't deserve to be on a committee talking about things that are secret like that. Just didn't. And he said, "I'll they'll be other committees." Unlike the Democrats, I'm not going to kick them off all committees, but they're not going to be on something for intelligence. And Ilhan Omar should not be on foreign relations. Sorry. I don't care what I don't care what her constituents want. Uh, she's anti-American. I don't want somebody who's anti-American on a foreign relations committee. Sorry, I, I, that that would be my one of the base criteria for me is you have to like the country you represent. Because if you don't want to represent America, then don't be on the House Foreign Relations Committee. Sorry, I don't want that. Now, if she can be on another committee, sure. But anything that has to do with something like that, I don't want people like that. And that would imply the Republicans. Uh, Santos, I think he needs to be investigated. If he broke the law in any way, he should be, he should be removed, uh, whether it's by the House or by resignation. Uh, but he shouldn't be removed. I don't like the guy. I think he's uh, uh, just uh, skeevy. I, I don't. Everything. Every time you hear something about the guy, is something off completely about this guy. Um, but to McCarthy's uh, Speaker McCarthy's statement, he was elected by his district. So if we start saying you should, you, we need to get rid of you because you lied, but your district voted for you. They voted for Schiff, Swalwell, uh, Omar, Pelosi. You name it, they voted for those people too. I disagree with them completely, and I think they're bad for the country. But their districts voted for them. So their district voted for Santos. I don't think he, if he was a Democrat, we wouldn't, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, get rid of him. I don't think he'd get rid of anybody who's been elected by their constituents unless they broke the law. Now, if you find something saying I wasn't a drag queen or I was a drag queen, well, morally uh, suspect is not illegal. Uh, did he take money from somewhere he wasn't supposed to? Did he lie about his taxes? Okay, then you've got something to talk about. But I really don't think um, we should be in the business of removing people that we don't like simply because we don't like them. That's not the democratic process, in my opinion. Now, you may disagree with that, but that's my opinion. And I feel as though that's something we have to really hold fast to. There's, You can't... Once you start breaking those norms, it's easy to break more. Well, we did that. We can do this. Harry Reid, you know, changing how filibuster. When you change the filibuster, you change how things are done in the Senate. I don't love that. Um, you know, I think, I think gridlock is a good thing um, when it comes to uh, legislatures. I think it's a really good thing when it comes to legislatures. So we need to really be thinking about that when we're, we're talking about who should or shouldn't take the take the party affiliation out of it um, and just say, okay, did you break the law? Don't care which party you're from, then you should be prosecuted. And if found guilty, you should be removed from office. We have an impeachment process for that. It exists. 
You know, we don't talk about it. he should resign. Well, no, if, if he thinks he's innocent, you think he's guilty, convict him, and then you remove him from office through the impeachment process. There is a process in place for that. Okay. Now, if he chooses to resign, that's fine too. Santos, I mean, if he chooses to resign, that's up to him. Um, if he gets pressure, whatever, but that's not, that shouldn't be Kevin McCarthy's decision necessarily. It shouldn't, certainly shouldn't be the media's decision. Um, so that, that's just some thoughts on that. And, you know, we're still in a bad way. Um, I think this is the Biden leaked documents. <laughs> it, it just, it, it's, it's comical if it wasn't so sad. Um, but Green Jean-Pierre can't, can't defend anything. Um, she's mean with the, with the reporter. She doesn't understand. The whole thing's a mess. Um, inflation, they're, they're touting that inflation went down to 6.5% in December. Yes, 6.5% more than it was in December of last year. Okay. And it was higher in December of last year than it was in December of 2020. So, okay, it, it only went up that much. The tech bubble is burst. But again, did you not expect that to be happening? You, you, you hired based on a model that was not sustainable, meaning everything was always going to be online. I mean, you had more eyeballs, you had more people needed for shelves and uh, stocking and, and, and development because people were always on the computer. Well, most of the world opened back up, and guess what? They didn't do the same things, you know? So you had to pivot in 2020, and you have to pivot in 2023. Um, I feel bad for the people getting laid off because I've been there and it's not fun. It's not a pleasant experience and decisions are made without people involvement. And I think that's sad. Uh, those, those people, those line items you've cut are people and that's, that's impactful to them. You can say, well, it's not personal. It's always personal. When you lose your job, it's personal. I don't care what somebody tells you. Uh, I had one time, uh, there was a large group of us, hundreds of people getting laid off and the HR person told us, uh, this, is, this is really hard on me. Now, luckily, we were all muted. We couldn't speak because I thought, well, it's harder on me than it is on you. I'm sorry. You may be emotionally invested in this whole process, and you've got to process all this stuff, but we're all losing our jobs. So I don't really care how hard it is on you when you've still got a job at the end of this call, and we don't. So the emoting, uh, gets weak. So don't tell me about your sadness, uh, the PR, the, the HR, whatever. Don't tell me how sad you are by this. Tell me what you're going to do for these people and tell me what these people are going to do with, with their next endeavors. Um, I hope they all find great jobs somewhere else, uh, that's better suited for them, uh, that they can be long-term if that's what they choose. But to say that we, we just need to change, I, I have never been a big fan of corporations um, using me until you've uh, gotten what you want and then just casting me aside. And, and that's happened to me multiple times. I know it's happened to a lot of other people. Um, you know, sometimes I say that uh, my goals also work to the company's goals as long as they're in line with each other. When their goals differ from, or differ from mine, I don't work here anymore uh, by their choice. So, you know, it's not always what you want, it's, it's what your employer wants. And that's the nature of employment, unless you work for yourself and then you're still beholden to customers. You still need customers to keep you afloat. So you've always, as I tell my daughter all the time, you report to somebody, 
Nobody is there. Somebody can say, I'm, a, I'm my own boss. Mm, sort of. But without customers, you don't have a job because you're not getting paid. So you're still beholden to the customer at the end of the day. Where's the money coming from? That's who you're beholden to, period. Now, you might be able to pick and choose which customers you want to take money from. But at the end of the day, you're beholden to the people paying you. And that could be a corporation. It could be uh, a renovation at a house and you're working construction. It's, there's always somebody with the money that you want. You want to trade your labor for their money, period. Um, that's how life works. So I feel bad for these, these people being laid off by the tens of thousands. Um, and I hope they find something else very soon. And lastly, Twitter. Um, I don't care if it goes away. I, I, don't, I do not care if it goes away. It means nothing to me. It has always meant nothing to me, and it will always mean nothing to me. There are lots of people who live and die on there, and they're the ones that are telling you, telling you how awful it is about what Elon Musk is doing or has done or whatever. The communications department's gone. I don't care. I wasn't communicating with the communications department. I don't care. Um, if you're a journalist, and I use that term very, very loosely, then maybe you care about Twitter because it builds your audience and then you can go to your bosses and say, look, I've got all these followers. They, they listen to me. You should pay me more. You should give me more work. Sure. Okay. But to the average person, Twitter is meaningless. It's, it's where companies can go to talk about themselves and virtue signal and tell you when your electric out or your water's off or whatever. But in reality, if it went away tomorrow, I seriously doubt that most people in the country would notice the difference. Now, there's lots of accounts, but how many tweets do you really put out? Ask yourself that. How many times do you tweet a day? And what are those tweets? If it's, this is where I went to lunch, this is what I did today, will it matter to anyone? The same thing applies to Facebook. What do you use Facebook for? To connect with people? or at least that's what you tell yourself, you connect with people on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever social media platform you want to use. Do you really connect with those people? Do you really feel like you have a relationship with those people? Um, In a lot of cases, it's one-sided. These people put out what they want you to know about them and you take it. You know, we used to say that about TV personalities or movie stars. You don't know those people. You know characters they play. You don't know them. I don't care what they put out on social media. You don't know them and they don't know you. And it's most likely going to stay that way indefinitely. They'll screw up. You'll get to see something about them. You didn't know a la Mel Gibson, uh, Gibson, um, ranting and raving to traffic stuff. Did you know about that before? Probably not. Do you know about that now? Yeah. That's going to dog him the rest of his life. But do you know these people? No, they're celebrities. They've always been celebrities. Twitter is for celebrities and, and large corporations. Facebook is for the average person, but most people don't care what you post. They really don't care. You know, some people do. I mean, they, they keep track of certain things and maybe that's how they connect with a certain small group. But at the end of the day, you got a small group of close people you deal with. That's it. There is no, you don't have hundreds of people you interact with in a close way. You just don't. So keep that in mind when, when people, the sky is falling, Twitter, Facebook, Mastodon, LinkedIn, it, it, it's all, it's all self-promotion. Sometimes it's useful and sometimes it isn't, but you know, you still got to talk and interact with people on a real basis to really get anything done. And, uh, there's a select group will make, will oversize 
how much you can do virtually. Um, but most of us don't live in a virtual world on a daily basis. I, I don't care if you're sitting at home on video calls every day. It's still not totally virtual because you have to interact with those people through a video, but you still have to interact. You still have to get work done. You still have to produce something for your employer. So yeah, at the end of the day, if those things are gone, it'll change how you, you live, but it won't change your life most likely. Um, so that's, that's my couple of rants, couple of things, but remember the visor. If you remember nothing else from this episode, remember the visor. It's an anathema to headwear and it should not be used by anyone anywhere. Okay. Thanks for joining me. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This has been a Hannah Tree production.